0: Hi, and welcome to NCNA's Nursing Rounds, where we do the rounds on hot topics and nurses' journeys. I'm Lauren
1: Zahn, NCNA's membership coordinator. And I'm Lindsay Combs, NCNA's marketing and communications assistant.
0: Today we have Dr. Megan Williams, clinical associate professor at UNC Chapel Hill School of Nursing, joining us to talk about her nursing career.
1: So, Megan, could you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to become a nurse?
2: I'd love to. So um, growing up in Richmond, Virginia, my grandmother uh, worked as the administrative assistant for the hospital administrator in um, Richmond. And I grew up going with her on uh, we would go to church on Sundays. And then after church, we actually went to lunch at the hospital um, on a regular basis. And she thought that the nurses that worked at the hospital were the most amazing people. And I wanted to be a nurse because my grandmother thought so highly of them and the work that they did to help, to help people. And so she really inspired me to become a nurse and her husband, um, had cancer and, um, I'm told stories of, um, being a young girl and, um, bringing him his medicines and bringing him, um, something to drink to take his medications and be in his nurse when he was going through his cancer treatments. And so those are things that inspired me as well as my aunt is a nurse and a nurse practitioner. And she was somebody who kind of went, um, a second degree, but she was much older than I was growing up. And so, um, I was able to go to her graduation from nursing school and watch her. And we've always been able to share a lot of stories about our nursing careers together. And so, um, she was able to pin me when I graduated from nursing school. Um, it's often tradition that, a um, individual gets pinned by someone in their family or a friend uh, that's a nurse. So she was able to do that for me when I graduated from nursing school. So I've had a lot of um, close family members who have inspired me to begin my career as a nurse. Yeah, I feel
1: like a lot of times nursing sort of runs in the family. Um, Some of the people that we've interviewed before you have sort of said that um, their family members were Mm -hmm. in the profession and that sort of inspired them as well. So I think it's definitely something that runs deep through families.
2: I would agree.
0: Can you tell us about your first job in nursing?
2: Mm -hmm. So I graduated from UNC Wilmington and um, got a job working at Duke and a step-down surgical trauma unit. And um, I share all the time that it was like going to the gym for 12 hours, three times a week. Um, It was extremely hard work, physically hard work, mentally challenging work, but it was certainly a time where I was like a sponge. I was soaking in all of the experiences I was having with a variety of patients and Learning from all of the nurses that I worked with. So it was a really pivotal point in my formation as a nurse because, you know, it was a time where I was really challenged, definitely outside my comfort zone and um, learning to take on the role of a registered nurse. So when they would call overhead and say the nurse for room two, and I would recognize that, oh my goodness, I've been assigned to room two. So that means I'm the nurse for room two. And just taking on that role and responsibility was a lot of what that first year was involved involved for me is is understanding the responsibility and the role of of being the nurse for room two so while it was a really challenging year and um, physically mentally challenging year um, it's certainly one that I look back on as being f- the forming of the um, of my entire sort of nursing journey
1: yeah I think that's a pretty common answer to that question as well where people say that the first job that they really have kind of sets the tone for the rest of their career which is kind of amazing um so you were the ncna president from 2013 to 2015 can you give us a little bit of insight about um your experience being the president of ncna and sort of some things that you might have learned from that
2: experience yes i um I'm very fortunate to be among those nurses that have been able to serve in the role of NCNA president. And one of the things that really stood out for me during that time of leadership and since then is that we need to do a better job of shining the spotlight on nurses from across our state. We, you know, have over, I think 140,000 nurses in the state of North Carolina, and there are nurses across our state in every corner working day and night to make a difference for one person, for one family, for one community, for one health system. They do not get the recognition that they deserve, and um, they are truly doing incredible work every single day and night and holidays, you name it, they're there. So that was one of the things that really meant a lot to me was the opportunity to travel across the state representing nursing and representing NCNA and uh, having the opportunity to meet nurses and hear about the incredible work that they're doing and then turn around and, and bring that back to NCNA so that we can do more to provide Um, educational opportunities and leadership opportunities and ways for those nurses to connect. You know, you have nurses in in one part of the state, you know, focused in one specialty area um, and nurses in another part of the state doing very similar work, but the opportunity for them to network and share resources and connect is something that NCNA does really well. So that was really an amazing experience for me um, and one that I kind of take with me now and try to continue to shine the spotlight on um, the work that nurses are doing here in North Carolina.
0: That's great. I love that. So you've got your hands in a lot of different pots. You've been NCNA's president. You are now the president of our foundation.
2: How did you get to the position that you have today? I was fortunate back in 2003, to meet Dr. Sheila Rogers at an NCNA Triangle Region event. Um, and Dr. Shilda Rogers is faculty at UNC Chapel Hill. And um, I had the courage at that event to um, introduce myself to her. And we were actually at the same small group table um, during that event. Um, so I introduced myself to her and I said that I uh, wanna be like you. Um, and how did you get where you are today? And how can I do what you're doing? And she's, you know, is has a big personality and is, you know, so uh, encouraging. And so she said, reach out to me. And so I did. And then we met at the Durham County Library and had a long conversation about education and nursing education and becoming a nurse educator. And she supported me as I applied for a part time clinical instructor position at UNC Chapel Hill and that turned into a full-time position in 2006. Um, She um, continues to say that she's close to retirement, but I've told her her work is not yet done, but she continues to be a, a mentor and a support system for me as I have grown in my faculty role. So I'm very lucky that I had NCNA and was able to meet incredible nurses that I looked up to and wanted to do what they do. So I have NCNA to thank.
1: Was there a specific like time or a specific thing that um, sort of inspired you to become a nurse educator?
2: Yes. Yeah, so my nursing school experience inspired me to be a nurse that would be open and accessible and welcoming to students. Nursing school is challenging between the classroom and clinicals and balancing the knowledge that you have to develop and gaining the new skills that you need to learn. And there are definitely times in nursing school where you sort of check yourself to say, wait a minute, you know, I didn't get a good grade on this test. Maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this. And in addition to that, I remember that the environment in my nursing program wasn't always a safe space to learn. It wasn't always supportive and encouraging and motivating. And I think as a a learner, you need that safe space to learn, to be able to try and fail and then try again, because we all learn at different speeds and different paces. And so I think, you know, really wanted to, when I was working with a new graduate nurse, In the hospital setting, I wanted them to feel like I was a safe space for them to ask questions that we would go through a procedure, for instance, together before we would go um, into the patient's room and that I was always their wingman. I was always by their side, encouraging them, letting them know that they could do it. And so really, that was what inspired me to be a nursing educator, because as I took that experience that I had in nursing school, that wasn't always as positive as it could have been, and wanted to create a really positive experience for future nursing students. That's, you know, definitely been part of my teaching philosophy. As you know, I've grown as an educator is to really make sure it's a safe space for the students to ask questions, to be curious, to be creative, to um, challenge the process to challenge me and, and feel, you know, that, yes, this is a big responsibility to become a nurse. It's a, a role that you have to develop and grow into, but that it's not um, something we can't do if we work on it and work together.
0: So I guess a lot of that safe space has probably been in person. What are some ways that the COVID-19 pandemic has changed the way that you teach?
2: Yeah. So, um, You know, the last 12 months almost, you know, we're into a year um, of the pandemic and there have actually been, I would say that I've experienced the transition to online teaching for our classroom experiences very positively. So for example, we're using the Zoom platform for our classroom and with Zoom, a student can have their picture or their live video And then their name is right there by their picture or video. And in a classroom or auditorium setting, for example, you see the student in person, but I don't have a hundred students' names right in front of them. They're not holding their name card. (laughs) And so for me, that has been a really positive way to engage with students because then I can directly say, hey, Lauren, or hey, Lindsay." you know, I want to make sure that they feel that they're a part of the class. Um, So definitely having that aspect of Zoom has been really positive. The other thing that um, the online environment has created for us is a way to instantly poll our students. Um, It's a way to instantly break out into small groups, to change up those groups, even during the time we're together in a classroom or in a during our class time. So you can have a group of two students and then you can grow that group to four students and then you could grow that group to eight students as the class moves along. And maybe you're doing an unfolding case study that small, starts with a small group of students but ends with a larger group of students and each time they add more information to the case. So I think you know, those opportunities to make the class more active and engaged have been a really positive outcome of the impact that COVID has had. I think in particular, nursing education has been slow to uh, adopt some of the active learning strategies in our classrooms. If you think about nursing education as sort of um, three parts, right? You have the classroom or the knowledge, then you have the skills they might develop in a lab and practice before they actually go into a clinical setting where they're working with, with patients. And so our practice Uh, Our nursing education does a really good job in terms of active learning in the lab and in clinical, but we haven't been as quick to adopt active learning strategies in our classrooms. So I think the pandemic has um, pushed nursing education towards more active learning strategies in the classroom. And the other thing it's done is how we can be more inclusive in our classrooms and show the students that we care about them. I think we have all been impacted in one way or another by the pandemic. Our students have too. And so allowing them um, time to let us know what their needs are, um, as you know, maybe they aren't able to come to class because they are having trouble with their technology, for instance. Well, could we make it so that they can engage in that material uh, asynchronously um, and watch a recording? So you know, just to be more make the, the um, experience for the student more accessible, uh, let them know that we care about them, and that we know that in the moment things are difficult, but we're going to work together to get them through the program. So I think those things have actually been a real positive outcome of the pandemic and things that I think I'll continue using. We're going to take a quick rest in the break room for a snack and our sponsor today.
0: Today's episode is sponsored by MCNA Membership. The North Carolina Nurses Association is your one-stop shop to support the ever-changing needs of RNs in North Carolina. NCNA membership inspires professional growth and experiences, informs members, and advocates for the health and well-being of all North Carolinians by providing opportunities for members to learn and connect with colleagues across the state. Join NCNA today and get access to free and discounted community education, networking events, and exclusive members-only communications and discounts. Already an NCNA member? Recruit your friends and colleagues to be entered in our reach Shop and recruit drawing for $100 Visa gift card. To ensure you're entering the drawing, have your colleague enter your name under the additional information section when joining.
1: So you sort of talked about the awesome things that Zoom can kind of offer teaching. Um, are there other strategies that you maybe want to explore um, in like as the pandemic continues or even afterwards?
2: Yeah, so um, a couple of other things that I have adopted and I've I would love to make them a place, you know, make them a consistent thing in my role as an educator, our virtual office hours, just that accessibility to students so that they don't, you know, before it was, okay, I'm going to be in my office, literally physically in my office during this time, if you're on campus, well, that doesn't work for all of our students. And so I think one of the things is to make sure that students know we're gonna meet them where they are, right? So if they have to commute to campus, they don't need to commute to campus to come in for my short amount of time office hours, we can meet virtually. So I think increasing the accessibility to students I hope that continues.
0: That's great that you've found some ways to spin this into a positive. So, in addition to being in the classroom, you're also still practicing part time. What are some of the challenges that you face with doing both, and how
2: do you overcome those? I think this is all about wearing different hats. <laughs> so, but at the same time, the bottom line is that I'm a healthcare provider. And so whether I am teaching or practicing or doing research or doing community service, the goal is to stay focused on what's best for the patient. And so whether I'm in the classroom or the clinic, that is the vision for the day is how can we make things better for our patients, their support persons, our communities. And so I think I'm also a very organized person. So I think that helps in being able to prioritize when I need to, if I need to focus on grading assignments or I need to focus on um, following up on consults uh, for patients, then I'm able to prioritize and organize my time in a way that I'm present when I'm in each of those roles. But there are days where it gets more challenging than others and, um, I don't feel as successful at the in, in the end of the day, um, but I feel like those are few and far between. So I feel pretty lucky to have the opportunity to be able to stay in practice and be able to teach um, and do research. So I feel pretty lucky to have all of those opportunities and to have the support of those I work with as well to be able to do that.
1: It definitely sounds like uh, your hat rack is pretty full. <laughs> Is there anything specifically um, that you're really passionate about right now or anything that you're like working on that um, just sort of gets you really excited?
2: Yes, I get really excited about the Invest in Nursing grant. So the Invest in Nursing grant is a four-year grant that um, the UNC School of Nursing received from HERSA, and it provides financial support for nursing students, practicing nurses, and nursing faculty. And so the goal is to strengthen our community-based primary care nursing workforce. And so, you know, one of the things that nursing education has been primarily focused on over all the years since, you know, nursing education was initially a hospital-based program is acute care. And so thinking about training the nurses to go and work in hospitals, well, we know that there are healthcare needs outside of hospitals. And so we wanna make sure that our undergraduate students have an experience working in um, community-based primary care settings where a lot of the health promotion and health prevention work is occurring and it's nurse led. There's a lot of leadership that's happening out in our communities where nurses are leading the way in helping individuals with chronic care uh, with chronic health issues, um, chronic care management, and um, obviously now with some telehealth priorities that are in the community, so it's a really exciting opportunity for our students to be able to have uh, clinical experiences in these community settings with our partner Piedmont Health Services and. You know, they're across 10 different health care. They have federally qualified health centers across our, our state. There are 10 different centers. They also have the program called PACE, which is all-inclusive care for the elderly. They have two sites in Pittsburgh and Burlington. So our students are able to work with the nurses and the incredible team at PACE. So we not only provide tuition and financial support for the students through this grant, but the nurses that they're working with, get paid for their precepting time, which is really valuable because that time is an investment that they're making in our students and in the future of the nursing workforce. We also have a year-long faculty fellowship, so faculty from across the state of North Carolina apply for a fellowship place, and they are um, working with us all year on an innovative project, and they get professional development throughout the year. So they can take that knowledge back to their school of nursing and be leaders there to grow their programs. Um, so it's just something that I'm really passionate about, and I think is a really amazing opportunity that HERSA has given to schools of nursing um, to support the development of undergraduate programs and thinking about healthcare outside of the hospital um, and what nurses are doing to really lead the way in those settings. So I'm really excited that our students have that opportunity, that I'm able to work with an incredible team um, that all supports this goal. And we are just going to keep the train moving forward and um, keep having an impact on our students and uh, ultimately on the individuals that they serve.
0: Sounds like a really impactful program. What's something that you've done as a
2: nurse that you're proud of. Um, Definitely serving as NCNA president was an incredible honor, Um, continues to be something that I'm extremely proud of. It was um, something I did, you know, now it's been, um, you know, five, six years ago. So it's hard to believe that I um, was as early in my career as I was when I took on that leadership opportunity at a state level. Um, And the opportunities that I had through NCNA as president to attend the American Nurses Association annual events and to represent our state on a national level, those things continued to be something I'm extremely proud of.
1: What are some ways that students and other nurses can sort of support their nurse educators and, you know, give back to them?
2: Gosh, you know, because... You know, I think nurses, this is one thing we're not super good at um, is we think about how we're giving to others, but not necessarily what we need um, to fill ourselves up. But one thing that really makes me um, sort of fills my bucket of gratitude up is when I'm working with nurses and they are um, open to having a student work with them and learn from them about the role of the nurse I feel really proud when students are welcomed into the profession in that way. So I think that really helps me to continue to be inspired and feel positive about uh, the work that I do every day. I think the other thing that really helps is when I have former students reach out to me, thank me for, you know, the impact that I had on their educational journey and uh, that I was a role model for them or that they're thinking about the next step in their career and they want my advice. Um, those are things that really are meaningful to me.
0: Do you have any moments that kind of stand out to you where you knew that you made the right decision to become a nurse?
2: There are many of those moments that I've had throughout my career. Definitely moments when a patient who was critically ill, um, improves and, you know, I spent, a number of years working in intensive care. Um, and those were times where I saw, you know, individuals and their families, at, you know, their most vulnerable points and to see joy on the faces of family members when their loved one is finally improving. Those are moments where I know that I'm having an impact on others' lives. Um, and the responsibility that comes along with that is is really um, pretty awesome, and um, definitely makes me proud um, to be a nurse. There are also moments now where, when I have a student and they are working alongside a nurse that was a former student of mine, and I see the future of nursing and I see nursing now together, and it really does. It makes me really proud that I've had such an impact on so many nurses and they're having an impact on so many patients and families. Um, And I feel like this amazing ripple effect from, you know, over the last now 15 years um, of being in nursing education where I have, you know, hundreds of thousands of students out there and now they're precepting my current students and the work continues And I want to keep having many, many more ripples (laughs) uh, in the water um, to keep improving the nursing workforce a little bit at a time.
1: As a nurse educator, I'm sure you know how fast the sort of knowledge landscape changes. Um, What are some ways that you've found to sort of stay on top of that ever-changing landscape? And how do you kind of use that knowledge to inform your teaching?
2: I use social media. So I stay up to date with online newsletters and Twitter. I think that is a way for me to rapidly intake information and filter what I can use right now and what I might want to um, bookmark for another day. But for example, on Twitter, I was aware I'm aware of not only what is happening in sort of the nursing world and in healthcare, but I'm also aware of other conversations that are happening amongst other educators in higher education from a variety of disciplines that are all trying to improve their teaching. So for example, I got the idea um, on Twitter from another educator to use Google Forms at the end of every class to check in with my class of over hundred students and um, they were using it as sort of their weekly check-in. So I said, that's a great idea. Um, so I started the weekly check-ins and called them their pulse checks. And it's been very effective in creating an environment that really is focused on meeting the needs of the learner. So I asked them each week, what are things that weren't clear to you this week? Uh, and we you know, come back the following week with that information ready to help clarify anything that was confusing from the week before, and I also ask, how are you doing? Not just in this course, but how are you doing in life? Um, And so I sometimes use funny images to try to get them to rate how they're feeling that day, or I use uh, smiley faces down to frowny faces and get them to rank how they're feeling that day. Um, I try to be creative in my use of um, engagement with them through these Google forms, but It has been a really quick way to get a pulse on how the class is doing, Um, and I can quickly download that information into an Excel sheet and view it really quickly to identify if there are any students that are really having significant needs that I need to reach out to. And I have, you know, social media and platforms like Twitter to thank for helping me bring these ideas into the classroom.
0: What are some things that you enjoy doing in your free time to kind of take care of yourself when you're not taking care of patients and
2: your students? I have two beautiful children. Uh, They are both in elementary school um, and I've been married to the love of my life for 12 years. He is incredibly supportive and encouraging of my passions to be uh, and, and my pride in being a nurse and has continued to support me as I've continued my education. Education and gone back to school and gotten my doctorate and been NCNA president and um, followed my dreams. Um, he has been there supporting me along the way. And, and so we, we do try to have a lot of fun. Um, on the weekends, we go for walks. We explore trails around our area. It's funny how often the kids will uh, moan and grumble about, you know, going on another trail or um, finding a new place to explore, but when they're there, they're so happy, um, and they're so happy at the end that we kind of push them to, to get outside and explore. We also love going to the beach, and I look forward to our Annual family beach vacations. Um, so I'm really looking forward to a time where we can travel more together as a family. You know, the year before the COVID sort of shut down all of our travel plans, we had taken a trip to visit family in Florida and had a chance to go to Disney for a day and the Magic Kingdom for uh, the Magic Kingdom for a day and the Animal Kingdom for a day and to see all of that through our children's excitement and awe. Both of us want to travel more with them and, you know, explore places here in the United States and explore places around the world and get to experience that with our children as they grow. So we are looking forward to more individuals across our state getting vaccines, (laughs) um, more, less COVID positive cases in our communities so that we can all do what we love again and and be able to be with our families more.
1: Yeah, I think I'm also very excited for traveling once everything sort of clears up a bit. Is there any advice that you would give to a new nurse, sort of as someone who kind of sees it from different perspectives? I think you might have some words of wisdom for our newer
2: nurses out there. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting when you first, uh, when I first read that question, you know, I started to think about all these different things, you know, what I would tell them to do. And then I said, well, so much of my career and the things that I have been able to experience have been because of NCNA. And so I would encourage them if they are not members in NCNA to become a member um, in NCNA, because I certainly have benefited from being a member in NCNA and um, the opportunities that that has provided for me along my entire career, even till now. So that is something I would definitely advise a new nurse or a new nurse to North Carolina is to get involved in their state association. And the other thing I would say is to really continue to keep the patient at the center of the work that you're doing. And I think that um, helps ground us, helps remind us, That these individuals do trust us. It's continued to be something that I'm proud to say as the most trusted profession, Um, but that trust does come along with responsibility and, um, you know, to remember that that is a great Uh, privilege. And along with that privilege, there's a power in that privilege. And we want to use our expert power to do good things in this world. So I would encourage nurses to, nurse, new nurses to remember the power that they have as a nurse to do really good things with that power.
0: I think is really good advice. And thank you for that endorsement there.
1: Well, Megan, is there any um, other topics you wanted to discuss here at the end or anything else you want to
2: talk to us about, about nursing? Well, yes, of course I can. Um, I'm, not a, I, <laughs> I'm not someone who's going to, who's at a loss for words when it comes to talking about nursing. Um, <laughs> but I think at this point, I, you know, I've answered a lot of the questions and am happy to, to be a part of this. So thank you for inviting me. Thank you, Megan, for sharing your story. We'll see you next round. Continue to lead nursing forward.